<laughs> All right, fantastic. Now John's going to bring us the Word of God. And today we are starting a new series on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Josie. Um, and John is kicking us off with joy. Let me pray for John. Father, thank you for John, for the man that he is, that he is your son, and that he walks in your ways. Thank you for how you have inspired him in his preparation to bring your word. Help our ears to listen and our hearts to be open to receive you, what you want to be sharing with thank us. You. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen, that's great. Okay, thank you. Okay, first of all, doing things a little, a little bit different this morning. Uh, this is going to go out on Facebook Live. It's actually on now. So what we'd like everybody to do, here's your opportunity to let everybody you know know that you come to church. Hallelujah. We'd like you to get your phones out, please, if you could. Go on the Facebook, the Light Church Facebook and if you could just do whatever you do to let everybody know that there's some word of God coming out that's going to encourage people in their seeking of joy. Believe me, everybody on your Facebook will want joy. Amen? So do you want to get your phones out now? We're just going to give you a minute to do that. Come on, you know you're all on Facebook. It's okay. Just go on Facebook. Come on. It's all all right. Great. Everybody doing that? That's fantastic. Just working out how to do it. Okay, we're just changing the angle of the... Is that we good? Are we on? Is it actually working? Anybody on it? Is it working? Okay, right. Okay, well, once you've done that, okay, you can turn your Facebook off because you're here. Amen? So you don't have to... You make sure you get off Facebook once you've copied it. Great stuff. Okay, I'm going to go for it. Let's, let's let his spirit guide us. So launching this series on the fruit of the spirit. Uh, today I'm going to talk about the fruit of the spirit of joy. Joy is mentioned 241 times throughout the Bible, 174 times in the Old Testament and 67 times in the New Testament. Just wait for everybody. It is a big deal. Amen? Living a life with the joy that God has for you is a big deal and I believe that we should all pursue this. It's a gift from God through and by his Holy Spirit. Like all fruits, each one deals head on with aspects of living a life for and with Jesus Christ. The gift of joy deals with so much of what life will throw at you and throws at me. And as hopefully you will see, there are some exciting, there's some challenging, there's some wonderful things that we can discover as we earnestly seek the gift of joy. I believe a life lived with the fruit of the Spirit is a life that reflects Jesus into our hurting world. The truth is, the world seeks joy. The world invests billions of pounds in seeking a joyful life. People invest whole lives seemingly dedicated to find this elusive joy. And we're going to look at what the Word says about joy. So, I believe that if we understand the promises and we engage with this, that God can make a difference in your life and in mine as we reach in to discover some of the depth of the joy that God promises. I did some academic research 
and there is a vast amount of research on the subject of joy. I decided to focus on the Harvard uh, Health Publishing. There's a Harvard Medical School, and their logo is Trusted Advice for a Healthier Life. I thought that was great. And this is what Harvard said. This is the extensive research that's been done. Basically, if you want to feel better and improve your health, there is irrefutable scientific evidence that suggests that positive emotions can help make, life, help make you live longer and healthier lives. And it says, start by focusing on things that bring you happiness. The thing that research confirms is that money, hedonistic lifestyle, self-thrill-seeking, pursuing what you think you want, being selfish, living just for yourself, along with lots of other things, will not make you happy. Amen? Evidence. Scientifically researched that that stuff does not make you happy. In fact, the evidence would suggest that some of that stuff can actually make you less happy and make people poorly. We already knew that being happy and having a cheerful heart is good medicine. In Proverbs 17, 22, it says this, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. There are even suggestions when you look at a research that, believe it or not, the world is actually starting to understand what we really already know and what the Bible says. Harvard Public Health states something to call being with the flow of life. There are three areas that they research that says increases this joy of life. They're very interesting. The first one is engaging fully. Pursuing activities that engage you fully is part of being joyful, being engaged with something fully, being committed to something. Doing good, searching out meaning for yourself, knowing the truth, acting in accordance with your virtues. And the third one, you aren't thinking about yourself. Basically, people who are less focused on themselves have got more joy. How amazing. Research proven. And the world is beginning to realize that true joy is much deeper than things and activities and wealth. It's much deeper and it's wonderful. Today we're going to look at three aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to use this glass cylinder as a little bit of a representation of our lives and how I believe God wants to fill our lives with his joy. Amen? That's what we're going to do. We're going to look at just three aspects of it. We're going to look at perspective. We're going to look at presence. And we're going to look at perseverance. So first of all, we're going to play a game called Keep It Up Me. Everybody okay about that? So I'm going to throw these out, right? And you, Okay, these are rules. You can't stand up. You haven't to hit anybody. And it's a health and safety nightmare. So... <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out. You've just got to keep it up. One touch, you've got to keep it up, and no one can stand up. So there's one. Okay, and there's another one. Okay, okay, and another one. Got to keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, 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 keep them up, keep them up, keep it up, keep it up. You're going to keep it up this side, over the other side. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Oh, keep them up, up, up. Yay! Okay, can you work him to the front? <laughs> Way! Hey, we got one. We got one. Way! We got two. Oh, yeah. Front. Okay. All right. Okay, everybody. All right. I'm just going to give you. Let me give you a clue. Front is this way. Okay. 
It's great. Great. Well done. Perspective is the first thing that I want to talk about around joy. So how does a beach bill do that? So we're going to talk about the three elements of perspective. So I uh, borrowed this from a good friend of mine called Paul McGee. I, used, I borrowed it off him and kind of made it work for, for this perspective. So everybody look at this. You all look at this? Okay, what, can you, what, what is it? It's a... It's a bit. Are we all agreed? Does anybody think this? We're all certain this is a beach ball. Yeah. Okay. What do you see? What do you see? What What do you see when you look at this beach ball? What do you see? Colors. colors. What colors do you see? Green. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, you're doing it well, man. You've read my notes. Basically, if you're looking at it that way, you see those three. If you're looking at it that way, you see those three. And if you're looking at it that way, you see those three. Listen. There is massive amount of joy in getting perspective. First of all, the one perspective we're all very, very good at is what we see. Amen? When you look at a situation and circumstances, you have no problem with your perspective. Your perspective is not something you need to spend a lot of time on because you will be naturally able to see things from your perspective, to judge things, to make decisions about what you see. But listen, you see that, it's a beach ball. I see a beach ball. But I see that. There is always another side to what you see, and there is always another side to perspective. And I believe that getting other people's perspective makes a massive difference in how we go through life. If you're just looking at your perspective, you can get really, really frustrated. Amen? Or is it just me occasionally? When people don't see things how you see them. Or is that just me? (laughs) But when you realize that it's the same thing, but people see from other perspectives. That allows you to be someone who can live more in peace with other people's opinions, and more in peace of how other people see things, and more in peace about other people's decisions. A peace bringer, a joy bringer. But really, the perspective that we're really looking for is the perspective of what God sees. And God sees all of it. God sees all of it. He sees your perspective and he sees their perspective, but he also sees a far greater perspective than you personally can see. And I believe that having a sense as we walk through life of realizing God's perspective and focusing and trusting that he sees it all, for me, has been a real sense of where I've often found my joy in situations. Because if I'm looking at just what I see or what I think can happen, the truth is I'm going to live a disappointed life. Amen? God is not just going to do what I see and just what I want and just what I see. And praise God he doesn't because God sees all of it. And our perspective, having a God's perspective and seeking his perspective is a thing that grows within me an increasing trust that God is able to to do things, to trust him when things don't work out the way I think they should, to trust him when other people see things differently to me. Perspective is a massive, massive part of joy. Proverbs 20.12 says this, it says, deceit is in the heart of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. I have discovered, I want to be a peacemaker and a peace bringer, Amen. You know, the world needs peace. Do you know people need peace? Yeah. 
But if you just look at your own perspective, I'm just going to let you know, you're not going to bring peace. Amen? Because everyone else is looking at their perspective. And if you're just focusing on what you think and what you see and what you believe is right, and you are open to other people's perspective, I'm just telling you, you're not going to be a peace bringer. Amen? But if you can seek to see things from other people's point of view, if you can seek to gain wisdom and counsel from other people, what they see, and if at the end of the day, you know that God sees everything, their lies peace for you. There's lies contentment and there lies the type of joy that I believe God has got for us as individuals, that we can live a balanced, peaceful life, trusting him in all things. I've journaled, as many of you know, for over 20 years now, my walk with Christ. And as I read back, um, there are so many times when I've been crying out for God to do the thing I want him to do. I'm crying out because I believe that's what should happen. Amen. If I'm crying out, you've got to believe that should happen. Do you know what? I'm really grateful God's not done everything I've asked him to do when I've asked him to do it. Amen. Because as I read back over my journal and I go through it and I see how he knew everything. He had perfect timing. He knew what to do, when to do it. He knew what would be good for me. He knew what I would learn in the, in the struggle and the difficulty. I've learned a perspective. And without that perspective, I don't believe I would have had the joy that I have had in the difficulties and challenges that I've had. Really, really important. And that sense of trusting God, that all things are possible, amen? That all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. Well, if all things work for the good of those Lord, that might not be how you think it should work, amen? But having perspective is a massive part of joy. So we're going to fill our joy canister, our joy, with a little bit of perspective, amen? Oops. Amen. I have cleared it with our landlords. <laughs> Amen. First of three aspects of joy that I believe are really, really important. This perspective then leads me on to the second one, his presence. The joy of his spirit is found in his presence. The joy of his spirit is found in his presence. Psalm 16:11 says this, you make known to me a path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasure at your right hand. In his presence is fullness and joy. We all need his presence and I'm speaking to everybody here, whether you know Christ or not, whether you've only recently found him or whether you've been wandering with him as I have for 27 years. Listen, we all need his presence and I want to testify that I needed more of his presence, and it is available to every single one of you. Let me go through this testimony. I speak at many conferences, and I do lots of stalls after conferences. I could write a book on you won't believe what people have said to me after I've spoken at a conference. And I get a lot of people come up to me and say they've got a word from God. And I always say to them, please, could you wait a few minutes, because I've got lots of people here, and then I'll speak to you. That gets rid of a lot. So a lady came up and said, I've got a word for you. I said, well, would you wait five minutes because it's really busy? And she waited. She then told me the word. And the second thing I always say to people is, can you write and send me that word with a bit more context? That gets rid of a lot of other people. And she sent me the email and I read it. And then I did the final thing. I said, if you really feel this is from God, you need to come and see me and share it. And the word was about the presence of God. I didn't know at the time, but she lived in Switzerland. She got on a plane and flew over to tell me that God had one thing to say to me, which was, John, you need more of his presence. 
And that was six months ago. And over the last six months, I have endeavored simply to ask for God's presence in my daily walk. Have I made it all the way? No. I've had times when I've been away from his presence. Yes, I've fallen short of what I would want. Yes, I have. But I've maintained a sense of seeking his presence. So every day, I just start my day by going, okay, God, I'm just here. Just be with me. Be with me in this meeting. Be with me in this conversation. Be with me in this decision. Be with me as I talk to people. Be with me. Just be with me. Just be with me, God. Wow. Wow. Simply asking the presence of God in your life has transformed how I have approached things and made me a different person than I was six months ago. I'm on a journey, amen? But I'm on a journey, I can tell you, is worth having because the presence has given me some great joy. Let me give you an example of this and, and, and yeah, how I would have been and how I was. So part of my job is to work with high net worth individuals to ask them for lots of money. Anybody want my job? It's available. <laughs> So I was speaking at the Alpha Leadership Conference in London. Uh, there'd been a guy who I, I had been seeking out for, um, <laughs> yeah. So he's an American philanthropist. I'd been seeking him out for over two years, okay? And I'd been told that I could meet him on Monday evening. He was coming to the Alpha Leadership Conference all the way from California. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know it's not going to end up that good. <laughs> okay, I got there on Monday already. Oh, Lord, please let me have your presence. I need your presence, I'm gonna meet this guy, it's all gonna be good, how wrong could I be? I didn't need his presence for that, I needed his presence for the text that came through at quarter past nine, that simply said, he's not coming. He's in England, but he can't make it, and it's gonna be perhaps another nine months before you get to see him. Great, but I just went, God's perspective. Maybe this guy's gotta be somewhere that's way more important than meeting me. Maybe God sees it all, and if God's got it in for me to meet him, then I will meet him when it's right for me to meet him. And literally, the peace of God just flooded me, and I just went, give it to God, and just left it. And I had a fantastic day, just in God's presence, just enjoying it. I was leaving the Albert Hall, the seven exits, the 4,000 people leaving. I'm in a queue to get out, um, just in a queue. And there's this guy behind me, I don't know who he was. And then one of my mates came up to me and said, oh, hi, John, how are you doing? I said, oh, nice to see you, David, nice to see you. And he said, oh, Chris, you know the guy who I was supposed to see from California was behind me in the queue. <laughs> and not only was he behind me with the queue, but if it hadn't been for my friend walking up, I wouldn't have known it was him because I've never met him. And the, guy, and the guy then introduced me and said, oh, Chris, this is a really good friend of mine, John Kirby, you need to hear about the amazing work he does. You know, we support him, they're great, they're great. And I'm like, yeah, and this guy said, John Kirby, I'm sure I'm supposed to see you. Yeah, I couldn't make it, but then something changed and I got here. Oh. Amen? Yeah. But it, yeah, we give God a clap. Yeah. But it's not about the fact that God did a miracle. Amen? The main miracle he did was at quarter past nine. That's a miracle. Because I just trusted God. And it wasn't how I expected it to be. Amen. You know, when it doesn't work out, how annoying is that? <laughs> but let me tell you, it worked out way better than I could ever imagine. Because not only did I meet him, but I met him with a friend of mine who spent the whole lunchtime telling him how brilliant the work I do and how much he should give us and how his wife and his wife was there as well. And we had lunch with him. So God took it and turned it around. But that's not the miracle. The miracle is the presence of God that allowed me to allow things not to work how I expected. <laughs> Yeah. 
Proverbs 10.28. So the prospect of a righteous, of the righteous is joy, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. I really believe that I am somehow finding joy in being fully engaged and pursuing activities that engage me. Amen. I'm being fully engaged in the activity of seeking his kingdom's advancement. Amen. And I've got joy. I'm doing good. I'm searching for meaning outside myself. I'm not concentrating on myself and I'm thinking more about others. How interesting is that I'm reflecting the very three things that the Harvard School say that will bring you joy. But I'm doing it in a way that's about God and not about the world and the change is amazing. Psalm 21 verse 6, Surely you have granted him unending blessing and made him glad with the joy of your presence. I just want to say God has given me unending blessings and he has made me glad with the joy of his presence. Perspective and presence. Really, really crucial and important. And those two, working together, have really brought me to what I believe is probably one of the most difficult aspects of the joy that is spoken about in the Bible, which is the pure joy in perseverance. Um, Anybody else just want it now? Or is it just me? Amen? Listen, you know when God does something just now? Do you know when God just breaks in and goes bang like that? Listen, I'm cheering as much as anyone. I'm, I'm cheering all the way. Amen, I am. I'm cheering all the way. But my experience tells me that there really is some joy in perseverance. And the Bible is very explicit about that. Um, in my Bible, as many of you know, I, I'm constantly... Um, writing in my Bible, all my dates and everything. And when I look at James 1 and I look through the whole thing, it's clear to me over the last 20 odd years, because I write, when I get a new Bible, I write the old notes into the new Bible so I carry it forward. So this is 27 years. I've spent a lot of time on James 1, amen? I've spent a lot of time on James 1. And let me tell you, I testify, there is pure joy in James 1, despite the fact that you really don't want to hear it. It's just true, amen? The Word of God says this. James 1, James, a servant of God, of Lord Jesus Christ, the 12 tribes scattered amongst the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Amen? Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind. I don't think I'm ever going to be someone who's going to get up in the morning and go, oh Lord, the trials I currently have are not big enough. Can I have some more? <laughs> Everybody okay? I don't have, a, I don't have a, what I would call trials theology, amen? I'm not going looking for them. But they're definitely looking for me. And they're definitely looking for you. And they are on their way. And you have had loads. You have had them. Because in this world, there will be trouble. You don't see that on a fridge magnet. <laughs> Amen? So I'm not sat there asking for more. Trust me. But I am beginning to see more and more that there is great things in trials and where the joy of his presence is often found. The message version says this. It's, it's faith under pressure is the heading. It says, James 1. It says, this is consider it a sheer gift. Ooh, sheer gift. Friends, when tests and challenges come 
at you from all sides. I mean, this is radical stuff, isn't it? Who sat there thanking God when stuff comes at all sides? But if you understand it deeper, you can find God's grace and you can find his joy in it. For you know that under pressure, your faith is forced into the open. Hallelujah. And shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let's, let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient of everything. Wow. Everything becomes bearable when you face it with him. Amen. When you've got perspective and you've got his presence. Everything is bearable. And the reason why I know this is not just the stuff I've got through, but the stuff I've seen other people go through that I, in my worst nightmare, could not imagine how I would ever get through it. But I've seen people time and time again in the presence of God. And by his grace, have been able to face things that I have never faced. They've been able to work through stuff that is beyond my comprehension that I can't believe that I could ever go through some of this stuff and the people in this room you know I'm talking to you the stuff you've been through leaves me yeah overwhelmed but I've seen people go through all sorts and I've seen them in the presence of God I've seen them do really well and I've seen them persevere and come through and I've seen them come through stronger than when they went in amen and that is the pure joy Ecclesiastes 9:12 says this Moreover, no one knows when an hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net, or birds taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Amen. Unexpectedly fall upon you. Josie, unexpectedly, they fell upon you on Saturday evening. And we all know this is true. But if you've got Christ in you, and you've got his presence, and you know his word and you have a relationship, and you can come before him and seek his heart and his grace, then all things can be persevered and all things can be born. It is a miracle and it is amazing. And where does the joy come? Well, I've got to be honest. I think the joy is something that can often come, not only within it by being in his presence where joy is guaranteed, but also there's a love for joy that comes when you see God do some amazing things. In Psalm 21, verse 1, which is a, a wonderful psalm, one I really, really often find myself looking at and reading, it says the king rejoices. Well, we can be kings and queens, amen? We're all the same. The king rejoices in your strength. How great is his joy in the victories you gave, amen? I have got some joy deep within me about the victories that Jesus Christ has done through my life and in my life, and I've seen other people. I am filled with awe what God has done. And again, this service today, so many people, it's almost like you knew I was going to speak here. You spoke about joy. You spoke about his presence. You spoke about, we have rejoiced in what God has done. Amen. We've prayed and celebrated what God has done. People finding work. People being healed. We're rejoicing joyfully in what God has done and it changes the shift from what he hasn't done in your life to what he's done in others, amen? And then when he does something in your life, it's all about what he's done, not what you've done and therefore the joy of connecting with your Lord and Saviour is where I believe the true joy is available. I forgot to pour some of my joys in, so I'll do it now. So I'll have a little bit of presence, amen?
Come on, God, give us some presence. And also, perseverance. There's uh, one recent example of, of a couple that have really uh, spoken to me about having joy in their circumstances. I'm not sure how many people will remember uh, Jack, Jack Stewart, who was in this church for many years, and I think many of you will know his wife, Shirley. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I um, was able to dedicate a tree to him, and we put a plaque out there to recognize Jack's life for the matter he sowed into our city, just to honor him. Uh, he passed away last year. I spoke at his funeral. And listen, if ever anybody had something not to be joyful about, it was Jack Stewart. He had a life of extreme pain, of great illness, of overwhelming problems and challenges. His son died and came back to life. This guy walked some stuff, if you heard his testimony. And then as he grew frailer and frailer, you may remember he fell, uh, he fell and, and did such damage to his face that it was, it was ri- I mean, just to see him was overwhelming. I mean, this guy was crushed physically and mentally, but he wasn't crushed. He was not crushed. Every time you saw him, he was full of the joy of the Lord because he knew where he was going and he knew he'd played a part in seeing hundreds of people find Christ and he took the discomfort and all the things that wasn't how he wanted. Trust me, he didn't want to live the last few years of his life like he did, but I tell you what, he was full of joy because he had a heavenly perspective, amen? He had the presence of God and he had the perseverance to go through whatever the world unexpectedly threw at him. And he was an outstanding example of a man who had the joy of the Lord. And that joy infected everybody around him. And this world needs, this world needs hundreds more Jack and Shirley's, amen? You need friends who are Jack and Shirley's. You need people who have got joy and got his presence. And see your perspective and know God's in it and seek to show the full joy that is spoken of here. Psalm 19, verse 8. I love this. A precept is a rule or an action, it's a behavior, especially obtained from moral thought or moral consideration. That's what a precept is. And the place that I found when I'm at my greatest joy is when I'm doing God's work, amen? When I'm serving others, not myself, when I'm helping other people, when I'm supporting, when I'm standing alongside, when I'm praying, when I'm believing for people, when I'm helping people, when I'm doing what his word says, when life's not all about me, when I follow his rules, because I know the precepts of the Lord are right, amen? Giving joy to the heart. Just today when we had those beautiful people up the middle. I know the joy some people in this room felt who've walked with these people and seen their life transformed. The joy of engagement. That's why as a church we believe everybody should get involved in serving others. Amen? Everybody. Why? What, so that we can have lots of people volunteering? No. Although we will have lots of people. <laughs> no. Because we know where the joy is, amen? The joy of your faith meaning something to someone else will make it mean more to you. 
serving others. And if you meet Christians who are serving others, let me tell you, you can tell. You can tell. But if you meet someone who's just serving themselves, let me tell you, you can tell. And this community epitomizes a heart of generosity and servanthood because we're doing the precepts and that's why there is a joy in this place. That's why there is a joy in our hearts because we're doing what God says. So let me pour the last one in and finish with this. Josie, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> okay, we're running that. We're running it again, everybody. Okay, everybody. So, to conclude, okay. but this is the thing that I've realized. You know, when you're preparing a word, one of the great joys is as you go along and you put a lot of time into it, I'm always praying, oh God, will you reveal to me some stuff that will help me with my life? And this is the thing that's really come out around looking at joy and looking at the trials and then thinking of it like this. And that's when pressure comes. You know, pressed down and overflowing. When I am at my most pressed, when the world closes in, Everybody with me? You know, if I've got perspective and I've got his presence, then the very pressure that you would think would kill the joy through spending time with him overflows into my life and into lives of those around us. The very pressure, the very things that unexpectedly come that could take us out, I believe, that with him, with his perspective, with his presence, that he can take those very things as they press down, that if we'll allow his spirit and our connections with him to overflow, because my greatest joy is when I'm closer to God. My greatest joy is when I'm in step with his will. My greatest joy is when I'm about my father's business, and that's the same for you. And it is in the trials and the difficulties when I'm pressed that I'm at my closest to God. And truly, eventually, I consider it pure joy. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fruit of the spirit of joy. I lift everybody here now, Father. We're just going to take a couple of minutes now. Heavenly Father, by your spirit, Father, where people need a different person's perspective, and not their own. Can you bring it to mind now? Can we be a people? Can we be a people who think of what it's like from someone else's angle? That we're not preoccupied with our own perspective, but we're looking for others. Father, for everybody in this room, and this will be everybody who needs your perspective, Father, will you reassure them that you see it all and you've got it all, that you know what to do and when to do it, and praise God you don't do what we ask you to do when we ask you to do it, because we trust you with our lives. We have faith you're involved. 
and that you'll do the right thing at the right time and all things do work for the good. And Father, for people in this room who need, we all need, Father, would you, over this coming week, bring to mind a sense of need in your presence? Please, for everybody this afternoon, would you just let them know that you're with them? If they're having a good time, you're with them. If the things they're carrying, you're with them. Will they ask for your presence and make yourself present as you have in all our, many of our lives? Will you just be more present? Can we be more present in the day with you, not in the future or the past, but be present with you in this day, the only day we can be in your presence? And Father, for where perseverance is needed, where we face trials of many kind, Father, we ask for the pure joy of a closeness with the living God, of the maturity that you speak of in your word, that we can be a community, a group of people who are filled with a spirit of joy that the world seeks and knows not of. But with you, everybody can have access to the joy of the Lord. And we pray that our joy would overflow to people in our families, to people in our workplace, for people listening and watching online. We pray that they would feel your joy and your hope for them that they would be able to say they've got true joy, which is walking hand in hand with their creator, the God of heaven and earth. And we give you all the glory, the honor and the praise as we finish singing a praise to you for the joy that is set before us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.